the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Prayers Heard in Heaven. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another that we may be healed and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. God wants you to have a victorious heart. A heart that's so full of victory that you don't waver in the face of adverse circumstances. Now, in Ephesians, the Bible speaks of the day of trouble. What is the day of trouble? When is that? The day of trouble is when adverse circumstances appear in your life. The day when trouble comes into your life, God has an answer for that day. And maybe that day for you is right now. And so this message is vitally important for anyone that's going through a situation of adverse circumstances. There is a key to dealing with those situations. Ephesians calls it the day of trouble. You must know that in every circumstance, God provides a path to overcome. But there is a golden key to having a victorious heart. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul suffers severe hardships in, in the New Testament. He talks about being beaten. Uh, he talks about being thrown into prison and being robbed by his own countrymen. He talks about being hungry. He tells us even about being shipwrecked. But in all of these things, he said, nothing moves me. He had a victorious heart. What was God's purpose for allowing all of this to happen in the Apostle Paul's life. In 2 Corinthians verse 1, 8 to 9, we were under great pressure, Brother Paul tells us, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. In our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. Oh, have you ever been close to death like that? He says that they didn't have in their own ability to, to endure, that they were in desperate despair. They feared for their own life and they felt a sentence of death in their hearts under great pressure. Again, it's second Corinthians chapter one, verse eight and nine. Now that is an intense situation. And those are days of trouble that brother Paul is describing situations of great despair. And maybe you've been there yet. God tells brother Paul, he gives him deep revelation. He says this, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises 
the dead. Oh, God wants to resurrect something in you today. That's amazing. You have to have a solid foundation in order to have a victorious heart. There's something that we must understand. And that's the title of today's message, A Victorious Heart. There was nothing Paul could do about his circumstance, not in the natural. He said it's beyond his ability to even endure. Paul was speaking about his natural mind. They knew that they could not overcome in the natural. God is bringing Brother Paul to a place to have a victorious heart. Because he comes to the point where he says, nothing moves me. Our adverse circumstance that God allows in our life brings us to a place of perfection. It brings us to a place of spiritual maturity. Paul was coming to a place in his life, his spiritual journey with God, to have a dependency upon God and those who were with him. He knew that his circumstance was beyond what he could possibly control. But God had a purpose in all that Paul faced. Romans 8 and 28, we know that all things work together for good for them that love God and for them who are called according to his purpose. When your heart is victorious, you shall not waver. And that's the title of today's message, A Victorious Heart. In the face of adverse circumstances, God will take the victory on your behalf. He will either change your circumstance or he will change how you see the circumstance one way or the other. You're coming out. Acts 20 and 24. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Paul is not moved by his adverse circumstances. No matter what's going on around him, he did not waver. There was an anchor. There was a sure foundation that he was standing upon. We're talking about having a victorious heart. And before I close today, I want to give you some steps that you can take towards developing a relationship with God, a full confidence in him where you shall not be moved. What made Brother Paul so grounded and so rooted in the word of God that he could stand in the midst of trouble? Paul had an event with God that changed his life. Every believer must come in contact, must have an event with the Father that changes their life. There has to be some type of experience. Our experience with God and the Holy Spirit should be a continuum because we're growing in perfection. Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus after Jesus' resurrection. Jesus appears to him. He sees the glory of God, the shining light. Where in the Bible did Paul meet Jesus on the road to Damascus? And Acts 9, verses 2 and 3. And Acts 22, 6 and 26, 13. The event happened on the road between Jerusalem and Damascus, close to Damascus. There was a light from heaven, and it flashed around Paul. And his reaction? He and his companions fell to the ground in awe at the power of God and the presence of God. Paul had an experience with God that changed his life. After this, we know that Brother Paul went out into the Arabian desert. For a time of three years, he spent alone with God because he had such a powerful experience on the road to Damascus. Paul is in prison, and the angel of the Lord opened the prison cell. Paul had an event with God. If there is anything that will take you from where you are 
to where you want to be and is having an experience with God. Acts 5 and 19, the apostles are arrested and freed and arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out saying, go stand in the temple courts and tell the people the full message of this new life. Not only did Paul and the apostles come out of jail, but they came out with boldness. Satan couldn't stop them. So he tried to bound their bodies. He couldn't stop them from preaching and teaching. So he tried to bound them in jail, had them thrown in prison. But God made a way of escape. Oh, God wants you to see something today that changes your life. An encounter with the Almighty. An encounter with God will make such a dramatic shift in your life. It'll take you from where you are now to where you want to be spiritually. Jesus and the Garden of Gethsemane. In the midst of praying, that heavy burden that was upon him for what he was about to face. He has an experience that's so phenomenal recorded in the New Testament at the heaviest time of his prayer. When the weight of the world is upon his shoulder, the angels of the Lord come to strengthen him. God, again, I'm going to say it. He's going to either change your circumstance or make a way out. He's going to change the way you see the circumstance. There's an experience, an event that changes the entire universe right there in the Garden of Gethsemane. Through this experience with the Father, Jesus takes the victory that shatters the powers of darkness in this realm over the life of the child of God. Children of God, you've been given a victorious heart, the power of victory. The power is the Spirit of God. It is the Holy Spirit. Even a small child who is acquainted with God, a small child can apply the word of God and see it perform. I just want to go off for a side journey for just a moment. You know, I would study the Bible with my children, you know, at home many, three, four times a week, many times throughout the week. It was a a continuous thing. We would study the word of God. So, you know, as the children were growing up and we would have these awesome experiences together, reading the word of God and, and going to the great places of victory in the Bible. Now, that'll tell you something, too. When you're in a trial, go to a place of victory in the Word of God. Now, a child takes in, and they're so easy to be impressed. They're easy to believe what they're being told, you see. And so one day, my son said to me, he said, Mother, he said, I want to see angels like you do. I said, are you sure that that's what you want to do? He said, yes, I want to see angels. And I said, well, son, but there are other things in the spirit realm Besides angels, they're not the only spirit in the spirit realm. Are you sure that's what you want? He said, yes. I said, okay. And I agreed to pray for him. If you're sure that's what you want. He said, that's what I want, mother. I'm sure. I said, okay. And so one day while at home, that same son was in the driveway and he was, you know, playing basketball. He's about eight or nine years old and he's playing basketball in the driveway all by himself. And, you know, he's shooting baskets, you know, to the rim and he was alone. So he's outside and, and I could see him, you know, from the kitchen window. So I would glance out there, you know, periodically to, to see that he's all right in a real quiet neighborhood. Nobody's going to bother anyone, you know. So I would glance out the window and see him. And I, and I could hear the basketball, you know, hitting the concrete as he was making baskets and, and you know, just out there. And so I wasn't concerned. Well, all of a sudden, I had turned away and I heard the front door just slam violently. 
And so I jumped up, you know, and I ran towards the front door to see who was coming in the house and who was slamming the door so loud. What had just happened? It was startling. Well, it was my son. You know, again, he's like eight or nine years old at the time. And he looked shaken. I mean, like he, he was on red alert, had his basketball tucked under his arm on his side. And, but he had an upset look on his face. And so I said, son, what happened? He said, mother, I was outside playing basketball on my basketball rim in my own yard. He said, and you know the house next door and there's a big tree in the yard? And I said, yes, yes. It was in Mr. Frank's yard. He said, yes. He said, well, I was playing basketball. He said, and I looked up. I thought I saw someone. So I looked again. He said, and there was this demon, this this really evil looking spirit. It was a demon. And he said, he was peeping around the tree at me. And so I looked, I saw him and then he was gone. And, And then I looked again and there he was again, peeping around the tree at me while I was playing basketball. He said he was standing behind the tree looking at me. You know, I said, oh, my goodness. He said, mother, he said, what am I going to do? I said, go back out there. I said, take your basketball, son. This is your house and this is your yard. Now, wait a minute. You march right back out there in that yard and you tell him if he shows up again, you tell him I rebuke you in the mighty name of Jesus. Get out of here. Go on. Get out of here. This is my yard. This is my basketball rim. You don't have any place being here. Get out of here. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you in the mighty name of Jesus. He said, okay, mother. Okay, I'll do it. I can do that. He had his basketball tucked under his arm on his side. He turned around and opened the door and marched back out. And I went back on into the house, the other part of the house. Well, I'll tell you what. He stayed out there and I could hear the basketball hitting the concrete, so I assume, you know, nothing happened. So he's playing basketball. And later on, when he came back into the house, he told me. He said, Mother, I said, everything okay? He said, I was shooting baskets. He said, and he showed up again. I looked up, and he was looking at me from around the side of the tree. He said, and I said to him, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Go on. Get out of here. You don't have a place here. I rebuke you. This is my yard, my basketball rim. You get out of here in Jesus' name. And he rebuked him. He rebuked him, and he said, and when I did that, mother, he was gone. All of a sudden, he was just gone. (laughs) Bless his holy name, I'm telling you. Now, if a child can appropriate the word of God and see results, a small eight- or nine-year-old child, what about you and I? He had a childlike faith. He believed by studying the word of God that what God said was true. He believed when Jesus said, rebuke the devil. We were taught that we could rebuke the devil and that he would go. Doesn't the Bible tell us to be like a child? If a child can take the victory over Satan, over his demonic forces, what about you and I? Oh, that takes a shift now of revelation to a place of power. Every believer has authority in the spirit realm. The disciples see Jesus do miracles and signs and wonders. They recognize his prayer life. That brings miraculous events into reality. And so they go to the master and say, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus brings forth the principle that I want to present to you today that will change everything. It's not that the principle is new, but when God gives revelation of his word, when he reveals to you the mystery in his word, What you have read goes to another level. It takes you to a new place in Christ Jesus. Remember, old things are passed away. And the Bible says, I do a new thing. Have you not known it? 
It springs forth suddenly. You see, so as we grow in the image of Christ, we're growing in the image of God. The words in the Bible are the same. They don't change. But God gives you revelation and understanding that takes you to a new place. And so the disciples come to Jesus and they ask him that important question. Lord, teach us to pray. The first principle that Jesus established, the very first principle, two words that changed all of eternity. He said, our father, not just any father, not like an earthly father. There is no father on earth. No matter how wonderful that father is, there's not one who has the capacity to love like the heavenly father. Maybe you didn't have the experience of of a father's love, you know, a natural father's love growing up. So, So maybe you feel left out, but I'm here to tell you today, don't feel left out. There's a love that passes the love of a natural father. Anyone who has had a loving father, but once they come to know God, they realize this is a different kind of love. It is not a natural love. It is an unconditional love. So Jesus established with the disciples and you and I that God is our father. What is he saying? That there is a love that's so tremendous. There is a relationship that nothing can compare to on the earth. This love force is so powerful. Is an all-consuming fire. We can only experience this tremendous love with the Heavenly Father. There is no one else that has the capability, that has the capacity to love as He loves. His love is a spiritual force. It is a power. It is all-encompassing. It is all-consuming if we allow it to be. When one comes to the place where you understand this love relationship, you step into a new dimension. Victory comes into your heart because a security comes into your heart. The Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. You come into a perfect love relationship with God that takes you to a new place. This understanding brings you into a relationship with God of love and commitment and confidence. Paul was confident in the love of God. He could stand and not waver. He was not double-minded and unstable in all of his ways. He knew that he was rooted and grounded in the love of God. We must know God as Father so that we do not waver, so that we do not turn from him and face fear alone. Romans 8, 38 to 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nothing present and nothing to come, nor a height, nor depth, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Understanding this relationship will take you to a new place. Understanding that God loves you with an intense love Understanding that in this intense, powerful love, he has no intentions of failing you. God wants to only do good for you. James 1 and 17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down from our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. If you get a hold of what I'm saying today, you'll not waver. You will be convinced. You will rest confidently in the loving arms of the Father in every circumstance that you face. You will be sure of his great love. I love my earthly father with an endearing love. 
but he never made the promises like God the Father that he made because he would never be able to fulfill them. God promises, I'll be your hiding place, Psalms 18 and 2. I'll be your shield, Psalms 5 and 12. I'll be a wall of fire around you, Zechariah 2.5. I have written your name on the palm of my hand, Isaiah 49 and 16. I want to give you just a few steps to come into a new relationship with the Father where you experience the love of God, where you take the limitations, the boundaries off of God, knowing that God can do anything for you because he's the God of the impossible. Step into an intimate time with the Father and prayer and adoration is the first step. Experience his presence near a place that draws you close to God. For some, it's a body of water. For others, it's being where they can see the clouds. For others, it's, it's a garden. But wherever you experience the presence of God, what makes you feel close? Go to the Lord and that place where you can pray. Maybe it's a place in your home. Whatever helps you draw near to God. And most important, the Bible says, with all kinds of prayer, making your requests known unto God. Now, spend some time in silence before the Lord, allowing God to speak to your heart. Maybe start with 15 minutes. The Bible says this in Genesis 1.1, the earth was without form and empty, and darkness was upon the face of the great deep. The Spirit of God was moving, it was hovering, it was brooding over the face of the earth. Silence. God wasn't saying anything, but yet he was moving. Yet he was moving. God moves in the silence. God speaks to us in silence. God doesn't need words to speak to you and I, for he moves mightily in the silence. Silence is another form of prayer. Genesis 1.1, God had not spoken, but he was moving. He was present. God does not need words. He will give you deep revelation. He will deposit it in your spirit. You'll have an experience with God. Your confidence with God will increase. He will give you astounding revelation. You will be amazed. Empty your heart before God and let the love of God flow into the empty places of your heart. Repentance creates an empty place. Forgiveness creates an empty place in the heart for the love of God to come in and overtake your heart. Spend that time with the Father. You'll grow in prayers of silence. God will speak to you in your inner ear. He will give you revelation. Now, if you're facing a circumstance and you're not sure what the outcome will be, you're not sure what the answer to your circumstance is, go to the Word of God. Calm your spirit. Set the situation aside. Turn to the book of Psalms. Let it become your sanctuary, just you and God. Begin to read through the Psalms. When the situation comes back up that that you're thinking about, something that you're concerned and God needs to work out for you, set it aside again. Focus on God. In the still and in the quiet, he will answer you. He is either going to change your circumstance or he is going to wake a way out. But God will reveal to you what he is doing. Why? Because he is a loving father and he will always fulfill his word. He will come to you. He will witness to you. The Bible says this, I alone decreed and saved and proclaimed. I am not some foreign God among you. So you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Even from eternity, I am he. And none can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? 
Isaiah 43 and 13. Whenever the Father speaks, nothing can stop him. There is a person alive that can stand against him. Bless God. God wants to bring you into a new communion relationship where you have revelation that's so profound that you have an experience with God and the love of the Father overtakes you. That perfect love casts out all fear, silence, alone with God. Just no thoughts coming through. Just, Lord, I'm just listening to you today. If you hear nothing, that's fantastic. If you hear him say something, that's fantastic. However God speaks, he will speak to you. But I guarantee you that God speaks in the silence. He gives revelation that is so powerful. You'll be able to see what the Father is doing. But the second type of prayer that I mentioned is reading the Psalms, setting your circumstance down. When you have a situation, setting it aside many times, I just go to the Lord and Psalms becomes my sanctuary. And I read through the Psalms, not thinking about the situation. And I hear the voice of God. I'm Valerie Snead with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.